You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey everyone, Tim McMaster here, along with our MLB.com Blue Jays reporter Gregor Chisholm. And Gregor, after a loss to the Phils on Monday night in this odd home-and-home series with Philadelphia, the the Blue Jays have bounced back. They won on Tuesday, they won on Wednesday, um, and, and playing good baseball right now. Um, how did this home and home come about? Because I know these are usually the rivalry setups in baseball where you do the two home games, then the two road games, but Philadelphia and Toronto interleague doesn't really feel like that. No, it doesn't. And the Jays have kind of switched teams, uh, over the course of this interleague time. I mean, their, their natural rival for a little bit was, was Atlanta. Uh, and then it became, uh, Philadelphia. Uh, I mean, ever since, uh, Montreal left. Uh, Major League Baseball, there wasn't really that kind of natural rival for the for the Jays, and so uh, you know I, I think they've kind of experimented with a few things. Uh, I, I think most recently, the reason why there was a bit of a compelling angle was because of uh, well, it goes back to the the '93 World Series, but um, after that, more recently, uh, Roy Halladay going to the Jays. Uh, I think there was a lot of or going from the Jays to Philadelphia. I think there was a lot of interest there that allowed Halladay to come back and. Uh, do that but yeah these two teams uh, I think calling them rivals would certainly be a bit of a stretch but it certainly is an interesting uh, home and away series that's for sure I'll buy the the World Series and the Halliday thing and there's hope that someday someday there'll be baseball in Montreal again and the uh, the Blue Jays will have that natural rivalry um, so I know they're playing good baseball I hate to st- start on the negative but I'm going to go to R.A. Dickey losing on Monday at home and the fact that he's winless at home this season, 0-5. Is there anything to that? Has that always been a thing with Dickey at Rogers Center, or is it just getting him this year? Uh, I think it's getting him this year a little bit more than others. Uh, Some of those numbers are a little bit slightly skewed because he did have a lot of home starts early on in the year, and and he is a notorious uh, notoriously slow starter, uh, at least since he came over to the Blue Jays. It seems like, you know, his April and, and May, uh, you know, each of the last three years has, has been pretty disappointing. But one thing he's been able to do pretty much every time is turn things around. And I think he's actually looked pretty good now for a little bit of a while. Uh, there's a little bit of bad luck involved in there. Um, but the one thing that, uh, you know, we can certainly now get rid of is, you know, when, when Ari Dickey first came to the Blue Jays, you know, there's so much talk about how the Dome could be a real benefit for him. And, you know, a lot of those early season starts come with the Dome closed. Uh, and so the Dome hasn't really played up uh, quite the way uh, that I think the team and, and probably even Dickey himself expected. Uh, I think the, the fact that the ball carries so well in that ballpark, uh, you know, this is a guy who's given up more home runs than anyone in baseball since the start of uh, 2013, and I think Roger Center has played a bit of a role in that. Uh, but I, I expect him to uh, do what he's done the last, the last few years as well, and, and I, I think he's kind of already started to do that, and, and I think he'll probably go on to, to, have a, to have a relatively strong second half like he's known to do. It uh, came out or, or it kind of became official from um, Gibbons this week that Aaron Sanchez is eventually at some point this season going to make that move to the bullpen. Is that something that you kind of expected all year? Or did you think he'd hang in that rotation? And is there any thought on on a time frame of, of how this will go about? 
Yeah, well, it was, it was the plan that was stated in spring training. Um, but when the Jays, you know, initially made that announcement, I don't think anyone thought that Aaron Sanchez was going to be quite this good. I mean, he has been dominant for most of the season. He's been one of the better starting pitchers in the American League. And so, you know, the plan all along was to have him on this innings limit and move him to the bullpen in the second half. Uh, you know, there, I think the reason why it's getting some attention now is because, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit closer to that time and Sanchez is just pitching so well, but a lot of people were were wondering whether the Jays were going to change course uh, and try to do a situation, uh, you know, like the, the Mets did with Matt Harvey, where they try to get him through to the end of the year and, and potentially into the postseason. Uh, but this seems to be a little bit more like what Washington did a few years ago with Steven Strasburg. I don't think there's, you know, Gibbons in his comments yesterday, they were, they were his, his strongest comments yet didn't really leave any kind of wiggle room for the possibility of Sanchez staying in the rotation. He said multiple times it's going to happen. He's going to the bullpen. Um, so it seems like the club is very adamant about that, and I don't think they're going to change. So uh, I think the situation is you're going to see Sanchez probably move to the bullpen uh, right around the trade deadline or, or maybe after the All-Star break, somewhere in that mid-July to late-July uh, run, and, and that's going to allow him to then move into the bullpen and uh, – you know, it's going to be a blow to the rotation, no question about it. Uh, the one benefit is, is that it will help that bullpen a lot, and it's, a, it's an area on the team more than any other right now uh, that does need some help down there because it's, it's, it's one spot that the Jays really haven't quite figured out quite yet. Right now, there's no obvious person to take that spot, though, in the rotation either. Is that something where they trade for somebody, or do you see somebody in line for that? I think it's going to be Drew Hutchison. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he's pitching pretty well down in AAA. Uh, right now for Buffalo, obviously had a very disappointing season last year. Uh, you know, goes from opening day starter to a guy um, who who didn't really have a rotation spot in, in the second half as well. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't surprised by any means that he didn't win a rotation spot this spring. But he, he's bounced back pretty nicely. But it's one thing to do it in AAA, and it's it's another thing entirely to do it in the major leagues. So uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Jays do explore uh, the trade market as well at some point in time, but this is not going to be a situation from 2015. Uh, I mean, the, the market for starting pitchers is, seems to be like it's going to be pretty limited anyways, but even if there was a surprise big name uh, that goes on the market, I don't think that's what the Jays would be uh, you know, looking for. I think you're talking about more like a number four, number five guy to – to kind of round out the rotation and internally speaking I think Drew Hutchison can be that guy uh, he doesn't need to come in and be a frontline guy by any means they just need someone who can give them some reliable innings it'll probably be him but the depth is an issue so if someone gets hurt over the next few weeks suddenly that changes everything because uh, after Drew Hutchison uh, there's not really a whole lot down in Buffalo Wade LeBlanc's having a nice season but I don't know how much they expect out of him um, they don't have a lot of depth to work with, so not only do they need to replace Sanchez, but they need to protect themselves long-term as well in case someone gets hurt. Yeah, and even if they wanted to go out and get a big pitcher at the deadline, if there was one available, I don't I don't know if the Blue Jays really have the, the resources yeah. in the minors' uh, prospects to trade away this time around because they, they traded a lot of them this year. That brings us to the draft a little bit, Gregor, as they try to replenish that system. Um, and when you look at what Toronto did in the draft, they went heavy on college players, heavy on position players, which I think makes sense because your college players are going to come quicker. You're going to get them to the higher levels of the minor leagues quicker, and, and that's what they did early on. Um, they get T.J. Zoik, a right-handed pitcher out of Pitt with their first-round pick. Then they go an outfielder from the college ranks, J.B. Woodman of Ole Miss. 
I like the pick at number 66, Bo Bichette, obviously the bloodlines uh, with Dante Bichette, and he's reached an agreement, right? Is that, did that just happen today? Uh, yes, that's, uh, well, it was uh, reported a couple of days ago. Yeah. Uh, Jim Callis uh, was one of the first guys to have that, and uh, he got a bit of an overslot deal uh, to sign in. And I'm with you. I, I like that pick a lot as well. Uh, you know, that's the one that seems to be, it's a riskier pick than the others. It seems like the Jays did kind of play it safe. And, and I think the reason why was uh, because of what you touched on, you, you can bring in some college guys into the system that can flood uh, the upper levels of the minor leagues a little bit quicker. Uh, you know, the Jays did completely kind of decimate their, their minor league system over the last few years, uh, but they do have some interesting prospects down in like single A, uh, and that's going to take some time. But now they can move some of these other guys that they, they got this year along a little bit quicker to maybe uh, provide themselves with a little bit more of a well-rounded uh, you know, draft or minor league system. But Bichette is one of those guys who is, is a bit of a riskier uh, guy, but uh, I think they really like the upside. They really like the power. Uh, he's got some very interesting mechanics at the plate. Uh, it remains to be seen whether or not that's going to uh, still allow him to find success as he continues to go on. It's a very unique style. He's got a lot of moving parts there, um, but the power is something to behold. And you know, he's a guy who actually worked out with the Blue Jays because he's got a pre-existing relationship uh, with Troy Tulowitzki uh, because of uh, his father was was a coach in the Rocky system uh, when Tulo was around. Uh, and so those two guys uh, have a bit of a relationship, and, and Bichette actually hit with some of the Blue Jays um, this offseason. And, and uh, Tulowitzki's obviously not around right now because he's hurt, but Kevin Pillar was part of that um, batting practice session, and I was just talking to him earlier this week about what he thought about Bichette, and he had nothing but good things to say about the guy, and he was saying that Bichette was hitting the ball farther uh, than most of the other Blue Jays who were there, whether it was Ryan Jones, Chris Colabello. There was a whole lot of guys down there that were working out with Bichette, and it seems like he, he put on quite a show. So uh, the potential is there, and it, it's going you know, to take him some time as a high school guy. Uh, he's going to be brought along slowly, but it's a very enticing pick. Yeah, you mentioned the mechanics, and that's something that his dad kind of had, and his brother also has that. His brother was drafted by the Yankees. Bo Bichette, a little different than those two, though. He played shortstop in high school, a little more athletic as well. Uh, Something else that stood out to me from the draft in general uh, was that 25 Baseball Canada players were drafted, Gregor. Three of those went to the Blue Jays. That's a great year for Baseball Canada. Yeah, no, it really is. And you look at, uh, I think, the, the top of that class, in particular going to San Diego and Cal Quantrill, and he was someone the Blue Jays were looking at. And I think there was some hope there that, that he might slip to them uh, in the back end of the first round. But he, he went in the top ten, so he wasn't available. But, uh, you know, I think you're seeing this kind of year after year now. It seems to be uh, pretty standard that you're getting a, a couple of dozen Canadians or so uh, drafted the number was down very slightly from last year, but it seems to be a very consistent now uh, where you're seeing a lot of those guys go. And uh, to me, I, I really think a strong benefit of their program is the Canadian Junior National Team. The Blue Jays play them in spring training every year. The, the junior team goes around not just to play the Blue Jays, but all those teams down in, in, in the Grapefruit League in Florida in the spring. And that gives scouts a, a real firsthand look at them. And they also do some international travel as well, but it's, it's about putting your best comp- your best players against the best competition you can find. Uh, you know, when you're talking to uh, am- the director of amateur scouting, Brian Parker, with the Blue Jays, that's when that's when you can get a, a true read on the guys. You know, you, you might not be able to to see what they can do against lesser high school competition if it's not the best of the best. But when you bring them down, you face and they're facing some some professional minor league players, and, and in the Jays' case, some some actual big league players as well. 
uh, you get a little bit more of a true read on what they can do. And uh, I think that's why, you know, over the last decade or so, you've seen a nice little spike of, of uh, Canadian players getting taken. Yeah, and the scouts have really figured it out that they need to pay attention to those games. All right, great stuff as always. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Blue Jays edition. For Gregor Chisholm, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next week. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.